0: Yeah, let's start off where I'm at. And so uh, I'm currently in Denver, Colorado at the Home and Garden Show. Um, I've been a welder my whole career. I came in high school when high schools taught young adults how to make a living with their bare hands and their head. And so I've welded my whole life. I've taught my son how to weld. And we are debuting our new company, Carbon Dwell, shipping container homes that young adults or anybody can afford to get into the housing market. So this is our first show. We just opened up in October and um, we, day one, sold our first unit because it is a solution to homeowner expenses. And so that's where we're at. There's 50,000 people that roll through the show and they're wondering, why is that guy talking to his phone? But, you know, that's the kind of guy I am. So so that's where we're at. Um, I'll take you into my background and how I got into manufacturing, and then uh, we can go from there. Is that all right? All right, all right, so, you know, i you know i got uh came out of high school as a certified welder but before that manufacturing ran in my dna my my grandfather owned a steel stamping plant in a small town in ohio and um before uh the second war they were stamping oil filters and then he said the g-men showed up and said how would you like to stamp bomb casings it was right in the great depression era and he he told me you know son we made a lot of money coming out of the Great Depression. And so he owned his own manufacturing plant. And you know, as I grew up, my father had a construction business. He always took risk as well. And uh, I started learning that trade, but I didn't want to work with wood. So I decided I want to work with steel because steel's real. And I met my first mentor in high school and that mentor, shout out to Richard Hazy. Anybody knows Richard Hazy, send him to me. I'm trying to track him down. Um, but he inspired me to become a welder. I went on to trade school, got through trade school, and then I kept coming back and talking to his class and he said, Shane, why don't you go to college and uh, you're a smart guy. And so I I did that, but I got a degree in production operations management, basically learn how to run manufacturing factories. And I was a supervisor, a manager, and a leader for the world's biggest semiconductor company. And uh, I did a lot of process improvement and I did a lot of people development um, and I had the highest performing shift of any factory in the entire world of that company. We were 20% above safety, quality, cost, output and employee morale. And so that put me on a consulting path. And today I have a manufacturing consulting company that I am a, the, the chief operating officer and I'm the CEO of this some kind of monster, I call it behind us uh, for a shipping container home. So. That's where I've come from. It's always been in my veins. I weld every day, but I also put on, I'll never put on a tie. didn't wear one for my mother's funeral. Won't wear one for any company I work with, but I go into these boardrooms with CEOs and we, we optimize their companies. And we work with people to teach them how to do it. So it's not done to them, it's done through them because that's who raises the roof in any company. The people that are doing the goods and services, Those are the ones that, uh, uh, you know, that's those are the craftsmen. And I'm a craftsman by heart. So that's my background. Yeah, um, process. And so, you know, I've always been a process thinker, I'm a dreamer, but um, it's troubleshooting. And I tell people that want to get into manufacturing or tell people in manufacturing this if you don't like finding and fixing problems every day, then get out of manufacturing because that's what's in our DNA. You, there's a problem every day. You didn't ship it, you didn't fit. This container didn't open up on a hinge and we were live at a show and had people watching us, but you just start troubleshooting. So process improvement and troubleshooting and it extends past manufacturing. Those folks can do anything. You drop it, you know, I tell people, you drop me any place in the world, you know, I, you give me nothing and I will eat that night because these hands will allow me to eat. I can put my hands and head to work, and I can build something or work my way out of a problem. Sometimes I've worked myself into a problem, but uh, troubleshooting, troubleshooting and process. No, I was quite introverted. just kidding. Everybody knows that I wasn't right by now. Um, I was always dreaming. I was an insomniac, I couldn't sleep, my head wouldn't turn off and um, that's what got me into welding when i was a, a young man in high school i had to clean eight horse stalls before i went to before i went to school then i had to come home I, I would clean up small piles into a wheelbarrow come home then i'd put that wheelbarrow into a larger pile then on saturdays i would take that big pile and spread it out on a field i'm like how incredibly inefficient is it and so my dad had some lumber in the yard I took my allowance, bought some wheels. I still have them today. I built this cart to tow behind an ATV, a three-wheeler then. That's how older I am. And I would go into the stall, pick up a small pile, direct into the field. And I had my Saturdays off. Now, that was made out of wood. It was rickety. So then I get into high school. You know, my next round was, I'm going to build it out of steel. I don't know how to weld. I, you know, I get into a welding class. Now, here's the big question for the crowd. I had, I freed up my Saturdays. Do You think my dad let me off on Saturday or you think he gave me more work? More manure is what i got. More work, right? But uh, yeah, just growing up, I was always solving problems, dreaming it up, putting it together. And now I spend my time taking toy train containers and stacking them. And uh, we finished building a house. This is what inspired this business. My son and I put together 11 shipping containers. We built a multi-generational home never built a house before and it's three stories tall i made an elevator out of a ski chair lift. it lifts you up 13 feet to the roof um and so we live in a steel box that we welded and i'm going to do a shout out to miller welding they um discovered what we did with it they sponsored us and there's a story on miller welds about our family and why we chose to move in together because we lost i lost my 20 year old son to cancer and so we had to move in together and we couldn't afford a home in Denver. So we decided put our hands to work, let's build a home. So all of those skills, all that background, I just can't turn it off, you know? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, very appreciative of somebody routing my energy into the manufacturing environment because you can design with your head and build with your hand. Yeah, and so we built this shipping container home. Miller Welders is the, one of the largest welding manufacturers in the U.S. I used one of their welders to build it. They called me up and wanted some uh, feedback on their welder. I showed them what we built. They came out and they filmed our story. It's on MillerWelds.com or you can go to carbondwell.com and you'll see that story. But they shot our family for about 14 hours straight. And uh, it was, you know, why we moved it, built the home, why we, uh, my grandchildren, my son and his wife, my wife, we all chose to move in together because I lost my 20-year-old son to cancer, and we to get through that tragedy, we had to bond ourselves like two pieces of metal. And so, we welded up containers and built a home. And today we live in it, and that inspired the business, the product behind you. But I couldn't have done any of that with, with a high, without a high school mentor, without a manufacturing want desire to build things. And it started as 15-year-old this, just just uh, putting ugly welds together. And in my whole life, it's It's every ounce of trouble I've ever been in, I go back to those manufacturing principles and it gets me through it. Yeah, man, it was just this fact like, my father was a woodworker, my older brother was a woodworker, and that takes patience. I don't have it. It takes a meticulous set of skills and time. And for me, uh, and then I'm looking at steel and I saw us all bolt and steel together for stuff. And I'm like, man, I can join two pieces of material with eight sparks flying. It was exciting. It was like fireworks right before your eyes. Um, and uh, I could fill any gap, you know, and that's not a good, a good welder is a good fitter. You still have to do that meticulous energy, but you can bond things together. And once you do, it's stronger than the material you started with. So I just got fascinated with steel. If I walk past a metal railing today, I gotta feel it. I just gotta touch it because steel is real. It's just it's just uh something only human hands can really dial in. Yeah, and it's it's gratifying. You get done and you look back and go, I cut a 20 foot container in half, put a hinge on it, put a hinge on it, and now fifty thousand people are looking at it. And my hands did that with this piece of equipment. And so it's gratifying. Whether you're building a birdhouse, first thing I ever built. Then I built the dog house. And then I moved over to steel, built that that manure cart. Um, you don't have to be an old timer. You could be, you know, my granddaughter's four. We're getting ready to th- lay down her first well this summer and i'm gonna start with the right protection equipment and a good hood but i'm gonna teach her how to build with her hands because today we got to get back to that you know we got to get back to people having the skills so they can afford to build what they live in or afford to do what they're passionate about Yeah. Yeah, that was my path. So I, in middle school, I did my first. They called it a metals class. I did that brazing, and I made a candle holder for my mom, right? And then I did a home ec. I learned to sew. I made this excuse my French, badass ACDC pillow. And I was in the eighth grade, right? And then I went on to um, uh, mechanics in high school. Then I took more welding. Um, I did electronics. I did every industrial art, they called it there, right? and then, and did And then found my sweet spot, welding. Yeah, it's it's uh, so male of us, and I'll explain. Right? How many people listening right now? Your parents say when you turn 18, you're moving out of the house, and we're gonna be empty nesters. And to all those parents, I hope somebody's watching. It's not what it's cracked up to be, man. I mean, I don't want to live in the same bedroom in a bunk bed, right, with my son. Trust me, he don't want to either. It'd be like a scene from Step Brothers, right? But um, I live right next door to him. I see my grandchildren every day, and and now. He's teaching me. And if you become an adult and you have children, if you can let your ego down and let your children, let your your kids teach and train you, it's an amazing universe, man. You'll grow past past your years, past your years. So it's been a it's been a tragedy turned blessing. And and uh, we didn't build a home, we rebuilt a family, and uh, we're very different than we were going into it. Of course, as you can imagine. Yeah, man. We'll do this right now. So let's get up. What we've done here is we have, uh, we've taken a container and it's fully livable. But we cut it in half so you didn't have to get inside it. So you can see inside it. So we're in the Denver Convention Center, downtown Denver, Colorado. And so if you look at this guy, it starts with your bathroom. So this is your where you take your shower. You'd have a slider door right here. You'd open it up. You'd be in your kitchen area. Then you'd get into the living area. You'd fold out that bed behind me, and it'd be an eight-foot by 20-foot. I hate the word, but tiny home. But as you can see, this thing opens up, and it hinges open. And it was a huge experiment. But now if we get in the back here, it's a shipping container. You know, steel's real. This thing is built to be on ships. It withstands the test of time. You can throw anything at it. It is insulated and built just like a home. But at the end of the day, our mission is to build homes. Oh, and they're expandable. We built it to where you can bolt on another one a year later, two years later, through an expansion flange we'd have designed where the windows go in. You unbolt the window, you bolt up another container so young adults can find a place to put it, rent a patch of dirt, drop it on the ground, plum it, sewer it, and live in it. Or it's an auxiliary dwelling unit for your backyard where I live and my son and his uh, family live inside, or it's a cabin or or whatever, a backyard office, hobby room. But uh, but yeah, that's the build and it just hinges open. We shut it. We put an axle underneath it, bolt the tongue up, and we towed it right through downtown Denver. You know, and so uh, arcs flying and everything. So uh, didn't have an engineer. I don't have an engineering degree. All I have is an imagination, a welder, pair of hands, and uh, you know a couple guys willing to go take it you know, make an experiment. Yeah, and I'll tell you, this is a real conversation from yesterday. I'll, I'll zoom back into this container. When we decided to do this show, I went to my son and I was like, "We're gonna do tongue and groove on the back and make it look like a cabin." And my son said, "Dad, if it doesn't look like a piece of art, I ain't doing it." And so, you know, here's the story. To your point, my son has always had a knack since he was four or five years old, laying out his room, changing it up. But like, if you look at the detail in here, look at the dishes. Our dishes right? The display, everything is a piece of art. And so yesterday I was like, son, you got to become an interior designer, not only for our company, but for people's homes. Because in this show, people are like, who did your interior design? And he said, I don't have a degree. I said, you know what? The world doesn't care anymore. All the world cares is they look at that and say, that's art and I want it. And you you can understand what somebody wants, what their background, their persona is, and then he designs it. He owns a graffiti gallery uh, and he'll design it and he'll come out the back end. And a person will say, that's me. So we leave our imprint on everything we do and, and it's, it's degreeless. And so what's the point? He don't, he's not ever going to lay out an entire hotel and all that. He doesn't aspire to do that. But um, there's people to show going, who's your interior designer? Man, I bet they're decorated. And I'm like, they are decorated. It's called the School of Hard Knocks, right? And so, you know, not to downplay engineering, not to downplay a degree, but, you know, I can speak with both sides of my mouth. I'm a tradesman and I got a college degree. I use them both. But today I support manufacturers all over the U.S. And all they care is somebody has three things, the get, want, and capacity to learn. That's it. Because the fact is, we aren't turning people out of school anymore with specialized skills. And so they already know they're gonna to have to train them on their equipment, their automation, their their press break, their punch, their welder. All they want somebody to show up, be there on time, be committed, and they'll invest in them. So don't let that be a conceptual block. Degrees are the worst. College debt, college debt's one of the worst debts you could have. Not saying it's not a good thing to get, but You'll always eat with these hands, right? You'll always eat, you know, in situations of the economy, uh, be able to do that. And So, you know, education's good, but practical. Do something with it and don't be a barrier. Just go out and build that birdhouse and then build the doghouse and then crack open a shipping container.
1: Yep.
0: Right. And are they going to invest in me? Right. And I think uh, the problem is we and I'm going to I'm going to get to the name of this segment right here. You're you're nervous right now. I know it, but I'll get to the name of what we'll call this segment everybody has this box, right? And you were in that box of your uncle and your grandfather and your dad, you buy your own tools because that's what they make craftsmen do. And companies today realize they're gonna have to invest in their people, the right tools, processes and things to do in their job because we got to start living life uncontained. Come out of the box, think different, be different, be yourself, show up to a job with the tattoo on your neck with them on your arms you know you know I, I, I it's a tribute to my son but those days are gone just bring your full self to the job and they'll look right past any difference and at the end of the day you know a whole team moves a manufacturing plant moves our society but it's time to get that back in our culture multi-generations working shoulder to shoulder hand in hand you know but don't live in the box live life uncontained man i'll tell you um the reason that i can do speaking off the top of my head i spell like crap grammar is optional i'm terrible and i'll be, be, be presenting to these ceos and i'll have misspellings in a powerpoint that is like you're dead right so if i can't wow them with how i'm talking and what i can actually do i'm a dead man and so Um, spelling and grammar is optional. I know it's not. Please, mom's dad's out there. Don't get mad. This crazy guy. But at the end of the day, um, I use my strength, my energy, my passion and the ability to look somebody in the eye spontaneously and have a conversation. That's also something that's been gone because of technology. Right. We communicate like this. Everybody's looking for an app. Like I'll come home and say my family will say, hey, I talked to so and so. First thing I say is you had a physical conversation with them, like on the phone or. Or even this? No, well, I texted. i like, that ain't talking. Talking is seeing emotions, giving emotions, receiving it, right? So, communication's everything. But man, I just use my strengths to get by because I got. Ton- we all have tons of weaknesses. I just use
1: mine to get by, right? Yeah, I call that analysis
0: paralysis, right? So many people, well, like it's not ready yet. Oh, I can't do that. I want to reread it, right? I don't hear you saying I want to put language out there nobody understands. I can't follow my post. But if I have to put more thought in it than exactly the impact I'm trying to make, don't do analysis paralysis. Experiment. Our job should be to fail as fast as we can. Learn from it. Don't fail on the same thing twice, though, right? But failing's learning. Just don't make it catastrophic. Dangerous, unsafe, right? That kind of stuff. But don't walk away going, man, I misspelled it, and everybody and all the trolls on the internet, ga- you know, gave me their editorial. It's like, how many posts have you done? How many people read your post, right? At least I post up. You know what I mean? So. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, being from that computer industry, semiconductor, I worked with people that had MIT, Harvard, Stanford, Ivy League, and I'll tell you what, my team of 600 kicked everybody's rear end every night. Why? Because I was passionate about enrolling them, engaging them, becoming a team of one. When, I mean, like this container, when we put it on this hinge to hinge open, I told you know my team, this is an experiment. If it fails, we're gonna truck it in in two halves and roll it apart. You know, put it on separate rollers. We cut it open. I didn't engineer it. I didn't run a model. I didn't pump it into a Excel spreadsheet and calculate metallurgical stress and yada yada yada. I just dove in and said, if it fails, I have an action plan. I have a backup plan to do, and you know, just don't overthink it, man. But there's a price of admission. That we all got to do right we gotta you know i gotta spell my resume right if not nobody's gonna gonna bring me in but i gotta have a i gotta have expertise to back what i say you know so spelling grammar and all that stuff is valuable but don't overthink your life and career just get moving i'd rather go the wrong direction than no direction um i uh went to that trade school to get final certified because the local high school couldn't do the testing um so about 3 months out of that they came scouting I had a job immediately lined up. I uh, was a fabricator on heavy equipment doing coal sifters, conveyors and and um hoppers. So 8 of us built we we shipped I was 18. We shipped something to Africa. You know this is 1988, right? And I'm like, "Wow, I built that, 8 of us built it and it went to Africa." And then I started wanting to do there was an engineer there. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand this drawing. And he came out and he said, give me that cutting torch. And he rolls up his sleeves, right? And he, and he starts using a gas ax. And I'm like, I want to be that guy. And so I went back to my high school teacher, my mentor. And I, and, you know, I was speaking to his class and was, Shane, you're smart, man. You can do it. And I didn't get out of high school with uh, any math. I mean, I did business math, but I didn't do algebra. I didn't have biology. None of that chemistry I didn't take. I, I focused in the trades. And he's like you're smart i started from ground zero basic math in college i was a mechanical engineer i did two years i got all the way up to uh, you know to where i should be and then i realized this ain't me i don't want to be a guy wearing a suit and tie and designing something i never build i want to be the guy behind the welder or the guy that's partnering with people and so i was like what can i do in manufacturing to lead teams lead groups and build things And that's what I changed my degree. I only lost one credit, you know, one class credit, three credits, right? And I went into manufacturing. I targeted, uh, I'll say the company, Intel Corporation. I targeted them. They're in my hometown. Shout out to Rio Rancho, New Mexico. And I got lucky, man. I got the job. I got the job they hired me on. I was 23 and off I went. And so everything I've done, I've just, I, I don't, it's failing is not, it's learning to me. And I was born with um, an abnormally high amount of self-esteem, right? So, you know, that's how I am. I'm like, I'm not going to feel bad about it or whatever. Some say I'm, you know, copy overzealous, but this everything is, if I fail twice, now I didn't learn from it, but it's learning and it's a learning loop. I, I want to go through many learning loops in my life. And so that's what, but manufacturing running through my veins, my grandfather's steel stamping plant. I was able to walk through that plant uh, three years ago in Toronto, Ohio less than fifteen hundred people there and and that's the origins is it just runs in my veins. And and you don't have to be from a, a family of manufacturers. You have to be a process thinker. You have to be able to just dream something and build it with your hands. And so that's that's always been in my life and my career. Yeah man. Um, yeah. Um being a manufacturing consultant, the first thing they want to do is say, what do you know about manufacturing? Right, we go in and 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 we streamline their processes and we work with their leadership teams because it always the problem is always at the top at the top of the company, but they'll have that attitude. And I'm like, well, um, I built my own container home with 11 containers in nine months and one week, three of us that my son designed. Right, and I'm like, and I just mentioned that part of my intro. Been in manufacturing my whole life, certified welder. Got a degree in doing what I do today, worked for the world's largest computer semiconductor, and they're like, Yeah, sure, this guy doesn't know anything. And then I then I talk about this house and they're like, he's one of us. He's a craftsman. You know, and so that has always carried there and brought that credibility. So, you know, how many young adults today go buy a piece of furniture and have to turn to somebody to put it together? Some people, and then you got folks that will pay somebody to do it. Even if I had the money, I can't do it. I'd rather know I put it together, so I know how it works. So, you know, manufacturing's not for everybody. This trade isn't, but it'll always pay off in the long end. If you can process, think, you can take some complex problem, break it down simple, and then change it and stop it from ever happening again because you can solve it root cause with your troubleshooting skills. Um, hard work. Hard work. My dad was an entrepreneur. He um, retired at 42. Didn't see him growing up because he was focused on that prize and proud of him for doing that. If, uh, but I didn't have weekends off. I didn't. I wasn't able to play sports. Um, we owned, uh, you know, a, a lot of things that took a lot of maintenance, and so every uh, we owned a shopping center, a strip mall. So people move in on holidays and weekends. We built out those stores, and so. While I miss things in my childhood I wasn't able to do, now I've learned, and uh, I know he's not watching because uh, he couldn't turn on you know, his iPhone or whatever, doesn't own one, but um, I'll give that a shout out because why I miss sports and all that, I can learn that. But I, have no, I know so many people that don't have never turned a screw, never pounded a nail, but they'll say, hey, I built a house. And I'm like, you mean you hired a contractor to build your house, right? Or they don't know how to troubleshoot, or they don't know how things work, and that's okay. Some people are built for it or some aren't. But um, it was, it was a, a legacy given to me that I'm, I've given to my son. He didn't go to welding school. He can weld right there with the best of them. He can design it, he can decorate it, he can weld it. Um, and he didn't, he didn't go to formal school. He went to a charter school that was uh, film, media, music. And he says everything I learned in that charter high school allowed me to exercise my creativity, whether being my media being steel be in canvas, be in a spray can, or be in in fabric. And so again, back to the origins of trades, craftsmanship, and getting the most out of what your high school or your primary school has to offer you. And if not, find a mentor in your life. Find a parent, your uncle, like you said, with the tools, a cousin, old people like me, love to spend time talking about what we've done, justifies our existence but yet transmitting and giving people our skill. I told my son, if you give people, elders respect, they will give you all their skill that comes with it for free, for free. And so let's respect those that have done before us. Let's leverage them as mentors. Let's leverage schooling, go to extended school if that's what you wanna be that engineer. But um, you know, just stay true to your passion, stay true to what your, what your life purpose really is. And you gotta find your life purpose too, right? That's part of the journey. Yeah, I'd say experiment, man. You know, if one is finding out what you're passionate about, but experiment. So when you, like me growing up, I wanted to do sports with my peers, um, but I was present. I learned everything. I'd be the, I was the little guy in the corner, drywalling and my dad would show up and go, what are you doing? I'm going to have to fix that if you do it wrong. Right. And I'd scurry off, right. Start pounding nails or whatever. So, but I was little, I was like eight years old on job sites. Right. And so just be present learn from them it might not be something you love but it might be a skill you need as a price of admission in your life so learn from them everybody on this planet can teach somebody something so learn from right be present be there if you show up five minutes late you just cost yourself a learning opportunity because that old timer or that family member is not going to rely on you nor are they going to invest in you and then you know if you're struggling with well what is what do i want to do in my life if you're young right um ask yourself what do i love doing and if i and you heard this adage i would do it for free and something that time just passes by when my welding hoods down i lose all track of time and space it was therapy for me building that house with the loss of my son i say it in that miller video hoods down i was in my world so what is that world that pays you back in your heart And then today, it's amazing. People out of COVID went into their own hobbyisms, I call it, and their passion, and didn't go back to work because they rediscovered themselves. Knitting, sewing, building, uh, woodworking, whatever it is. And you can make money with your hands and head today more than you ever could. When I was growing up, you had to have a store, you had to have this. Now you can post something up on social media, put it on uh, Pinterest, and before, you know it, You've sold five stickers that you designed and because you, you bought the, the sticker printer at uh, Hobby Lobby or Michaels, and now you're selling stickers. One sticker at a time. That's how it, that's how it happens. So there's more opportunities now to, to discover your passion, experiment, and learn how to make money with it. Now, let's say you have to work that 95, eight to five job, whatever those hours are, that's what fuels your passion. Don't say, oh, I'm just stuck. So make it count, right? Use that so when you are off, you can do the other things you love and do that and collect one skill at a time. Yeah, and you, you take that example of project management. You can do that in any industry, right? Any industry, construction to you, know, um, you know, manufacturing, you take it outside of that, to wedding planning. Wedding planning is project management. So find those core skills. Here's the fact of what, why people leave companies. They think they need to leave a company, leave a job to get career development somewhere else. I tell people there's more career development under your own feet, in your own job, of core competencies and skills that carry on into your life. Master that. Learn the things that cross over into your life. So when you own your sticker factory, you can project plan that sticker factory to get it in everybody's hands because you want to be the artist that you want to become. And so life skills, 100%. If you don't have life skills, you're not going to have a, an organized life. And so in what is in your current job today you can learn. Do that well, because when your job's not going well, your life's not going well. Your life's not going well. Make sure your job's going well. But soak up every skill you can through family, through job, through employer. And again, mentors will give it all to you for free. You just got to show them some respect and you got to be present to win.
1: Scaling this business one
0: container at a time. So um, I really want this to be a, a legacy project, right? A legacy business to where it spans not only my son, um, in my consulting business, I, um, we have a mission to where we wanna bring young talent up and teach them how to be a consultant, not turn 80 and now they have gray hair and they can be a consultant. They're too set in their ways, right? And so um, we have a young workforce. And so that young workforce is owners in this business here. It's a sister business. And so we wanna leave that as a legacy, whether it be in our primary business or this, this sister business to where we're teaching, training, upskilling, and then we just get out of the way. right? We just get out of the way, but, um, but that's It's scaling this business uh, one container at a time, um, scaling, continuing our consulting business, and just, just changing people's lives and whoever we touch. It could be the owner that can't, thought they couldn't afford a home. We do a do-it-yourself model. To where we do the cut and weld we put this special insulation and in, it comes with that that's for a container and we let them build it out we're going to open up a nonprofit called urban dwell in this next year it'll be a sister to carbon dwell and we want to work with the the cities we want to work with the trade schools and we want to teach the tradesmen that young tradesmen how to build these that the municipalities the cities will fund it for either um dwellings for, for those that don't have a home to live in or affordable dwellings and so we want to use that that nonprofit as our as our platform to build tradesmen to solve the housing crisis one container at a time and we're not the only solution but we want to be part of it we want to be part of that solution in many ways oh man and you know what let's not get afraid yeah let's not get afraid of automation right automation will not replace people's jobs it'll replace mundane highly repetitive low skill so it'll free up people to grow their skill and the young adults of this era they can run things on their phone that i can't do on a computer they can program a CNC machine and a, a, a robotic welder a press brake. so now it's time to bring man and machine together but We're always going to be the master of the machine. We don't want that machine becoming our master. That's called Terminator 2. Near you. Yeah. or let's not physically work so hard, right? I mean, my knees from welding on concrete my whole life, my back, whatever, there's, you know, my son's always worked with this dad, not always with these. And man, that's part of his coaching on me, right? You know, and if I'm, so yeah, absolutely. Automation can be a balanced solution, but there's always gonna have to be creativity that that tells that robot what to do with it, right? And that's us, that's what we do um and you know it's got to be a partnership but it's not going to replace us man it's it's not you know from that perspective so But like this container behind me my son's like we'll do that show but it's got to be people are confused what this damn thing is they're like what are we looking at it's bright orange just white all this stuff his artworks all in it right and and we're like it's art right're they like yeah you're selling art no we're selling shipping container homes right that drew you into it right right down to the jacket on the wall is the son I lost Austin Wade Barber that was his jacket so he's here today but he's part of the installation. And so, you know, we want people to, to live with their passion, and uh, but it's, it's how do you do that, right? How do you make manufacturing part science and all art? Because it's art. Those men and women on concrete floors right now producing this pen, right? It's, that's art. That's a 3D metal printed pen, that's art. And somebody's the artist behind it
1: and it's manufactured.
0: Yeah, when we built the first one, it took us nine months in a week, three of us, and I was working full-time as a consultant. So, you know, I was the the nights and weekends guy and, and didn't sleep much, right? And we got done, I was like, man, I'm glad that's over. I innovated it, it's done, we've done it. You know, we took, a, you know, that was 2019. Um, then we thought we're gonna do this smaller version, single and doubles, but this is our first show. Day one, people have asked, will you build me a home? Or will you build me a container? So we're this is going to change our scope of our business to where we're going to probably do one to two homes a year, but we're not going to go crazy because we want to make sure the craftsmanship's in it. And then we're going to do a bunch of small boxes, right? From that perspective, and so it's going to be a blended, a uh, blended platform where we'll, we'll be a home builder, um, and then we'll be a box builder, if you call it that. You know what I mean? And so yeah, but we're just we're possibility thinkers. Wherever our journey takes us is where it's going to be. We know we're always going to fabricate. We're always going to weld, but we're always going to infuse other things. Like this container has a concrete shower. Never done it before. Went down, bought a specific concrete you know, mix. The guy walked me through it. And I was like, it's an experiment. First one out of the chute is this shower basin. And pe- we've had uh, two people say, well, you do that in my shower. I'm not in a shower business. I am today. right? And so, you know. And so we're just going to take it where our creativity takes us and our capability. And we're just going to keep going, man. You can tell I'm having fun, right? yeah we uh we have seven models exactly like that we start with a 40 foot container um a woman on sunday said can i tour uh you know your house uh, on tuesday morning it was uh today's thursday we went we went in the backyard where my containers roughed out like this one and um she's like i want a 28 footer but they don't come in 28 feet i said we start with a 40 foot we cut it down And then she's like, I want my bath here and I want this here. We Lego block it. That's the cool thing about containers. And then we have what's called an expansion flange that uh, we've designed where your window goes instead of cutting a hole and welding, you know, your frame for your window. We cut out a whole section. Then we build another wall. We bolt it in. A year from now, you say, I want another container. We move it right in. It bolts right up. Now we've got two containers, three containers, four, right? It's expandable because we don't want people wasting their money and their time. We want people to, we want these to live and grow with them. And it's a Lego block. And Lego is the number third toy in the world because everybody likes putting them together. Let's go, right? It's bolted up. We'll just swap it over, right? You know, yep. yep. You'll have to check back with us in a year. I can't imagine.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. Just
0: roll it on wheels like this one behind me and bolt it up. Doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter who you are inside, be yourself. Um, Society will catch up, right? Don't judge people because they're judging you, right? It's a fact from that. Um, But at the end of the day, just go after your passion, whether it be manufacturing, quilting, whether it be uh, talking to people, doesn't matter. Find your passion stick with it um, you know turn a hobby into a profession if you can if you can't keep your hobbies alive. Hobbies is how we reduce stress but um, don't think inside the box live uncontained. your friends will tell you you can't do it and I tell people just did just did right so if you listen to them, you will limit your own creativity in your own right um, and don't be that uh, bubble bu- bu- buster right the fact is, Kids start dreaming, stop dreaming at the age of eight because every adult says, son, how are you going to do that? You're not going to be a quarterback. You're
1: not going to be this. Don't want somebody else dream. Yep. And then sleep's overrated. No, I'm just kidding. Right. But
0: uh, I'm with you. <laughs> um, www.carbondwell.com. Hit us on Instagram, Carbondwell. We're filming live every day. That video of Miller Welds, um, they're a partner with us. Shout out to them in InsoFast Insulation. But that video on our website, carbondwell.com, you'll see that four and a half minutes. And that's what's possible. I had an architect tell me in my own yard, he wanted to charge me $10,000 to design the home. And then he said, you won't have that built in 10 months. And I said, I don't need to argue my son and my capability. Asked him to leave. My son went to Michael's, bought foam board. We designed it. You'll see that in this video. And in nine months, and one week, we were moved in and living. And so... That's where you can find me. That's where you can see it. That's where you can see our passion. And hopefully that might uh, increase your passion.
1: Thank you. All right. I'm going to sign off, but thanks. And again, let's all live life uncontained. Have a good day, guys.